Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Solid Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this outside of Gate 6 of Yankee Stadium, the new Yankee Stadium, on the corner of Rivera Avenue, nice, and 161st Street in the Bronx. As I said when I did the uh, couple episodes I did at City Field, this is a surreal experience for me because I've been, I've probably been to Yankee Stadium more than any stadium I've ever been to in my life. I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, and yet the, the Yankee Stadium is the one I've been to the most. It's just, that's just how it turned out. I, I lived here for a long time. It was easy to get Yankee tickets for a big chunk of the time that I was living here. And I loved going to Yankee Stadium. I have enough respect and reverence for the game of baseball that even though it's not my team, in fact, it's the exact opposite of my team, and yet I would get chills every time I walked into it. It was a glorious, it was a glorious place to see a baseball game. And yet, I've never been inside this place. Because this is the new Yankee Stadium. This is the brand spanking new Yankee Stadium. And right from the start, there's a couple little things that are different. Other than its location, which is across the street from the old stadium. Um, I'm looking at the Yankee Team Store. I'm also looking at, there's something called NYY Steak, which I assume is New York Yankee Steak, and the Hard Rock Cafe. Now look at... I know that this new Yankee Stadium has received a lot of flack for having, you know, steak joints and everything like that, as opposed to focusing on the game. But you know what? There is a reality that, you know, not everyone goes to the game just wanting to sit down on shitty seats and looking down at the stadium and eating bad food. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with having good food at the stadium. You know, just because the people who were running the the concession stands back in the 1900s had easy access to uh, uh, sausages and buns and popcorn doesn't mean we shouldn't be able to open up what we have here. So I don't have a problem with, you know, a steak restaurant or a hard rock cafe here. What I have heard is that there is so much emphasis on getting the high-paying clientele and the, you know, the regular fan and everyone is kind of shut out in a lot of the experience, but you know what? I'm just happy that there's still a stadium in the Bronx. Hey, uh, the team store is open. I want to check something out. So you're hearing the uh, number four train going by. So we're having the uh, a weeks up leading to uh, uh, Christmas. I'm wondering what some of the stuff they have here. They have, this is what I'm interested in. They have the current Yankee shirts. Because when I was living here, you know, it was, they had Pettit, Rivera, Jeter. They had um, Posada, David Cohn, Paul O'Neill. Like, they were absolutely flying off the shelves. And here I'm seeing Ellsbury, Sanchez, Austin, Tanaka, it's interesting that this is a franchise that's in in real flux. As I said, that in a way, when I first lived here, 
in the early 1990s. The Yankees were in mid-transition, and Don Manningly was practically the only draw they had, and it was just like a bunch of, you know, cobbled together either young players like Kevin Moss or Hensley Mullins, or a bunch of veterans who didn't quite fit, like Mike Witt or Steve Sachs. And they're now kind of in a similar position. They're not as bad as they were when I first moved here, but they were, you know, look at their current stars. And uh, it's really banking a lot on the future here, isn't it? There's some bobbleheads. By the way, I don't get bobbleheads. I never will. You got Babe Ruth. You got Don Manley. You got Reggie Jackson. Basically what they're doing is that you constantly, you know, if, if I said that, that baseball is a sport that exists in the past, present, and the future, that the Yankees are big time selling the past. Because, you know, and, and a little bit of the future, because not 100% sure what the present has. But yeah, Gary Sanchez jerseys, where they used to have Paul O'Neill. Okay, I'm going to walk out of the player store right here, or the team store. I think it's nice. There, It's on River Avenue, and they've called this little part of it Rivera Avenue. That's, that is, uh, that is really uh, convenient for the Yankees, and... It's too bad they had nobody whose last name was 161st. Never walked around here before. I'll tell you one thing, at least when I was living here and, and seeing Yankee games, one thing, and, and I think you could say this pretty much is the Yankees' bread and butter, is they really know how to sell their past. They get that so much of what they're selling here is not just, hey, go look at the team. As I just said, I went into the team store. The, the current team, you're selling, hey, Gary Sanchez had a good few months, huh? Huh? But that's not what the Yankees are. The Yankees are basically, you bring someone in to say, are you worthy to be part of our Mount Olympus? Are you worthy to be part of the gods? You know, I'm walking past images of Babe Ruth. You can't discuss the Yankees. You can't talk about the Yankees without bringing up Babe Ruth, DiMaggio, Garrick, Mantle, Barra. And the reason why someone like, you know, Jeter's getting his number retired, this, the reason why that someone like him or someone like Rivera are so just revered and worshipped is because a generation can say, yes, I witnessed one of them. The, and I was, I witnessed one of the gods here. And I think that's where a lot of the, are they a real Yankee, are they not a real Yankee nonsense comes from. I mean, so many times you hear people like, you know, it's like A-Rod, for example. A-Rod won multiple MVPs, helped the Yankees win a world championship, and had, what, 11, 12, how many years did he play with the Yankees? And how many of them were he, was he outstanding? And there are still people will never give him credit. And will still people who will say he's not a real Yankee or anything like that. And I, and as I said, I completely feel that it has nothing to do with PEDs. It has to do with being. Are you worthy to be placed amongst the immortals, to stand amongst the gods? And this place feels like. The Parthenon. You know, especially because I was at City Field, which was brick, had a warm feeling to it. This really feels like 
I've heard people call it like a bank. It feels like a bank. And I get that. And I've had some people say it doesn't feel, you know, warm. It feels kind of cold. And it has this sense of, you know, inner circle and outer circle. But in an odd way, I kind of sort of get it. This is not me being a bitter uh, Red Sox fan or whatever it is. This is me actually understanding this is what the Yankees are selling. This is what their brand is. Their brand is the Immortals. The brand is, if you're a Yankee legend, it's not the same. Obviously, it's not the same if you're a Diamondback legend or a, or a Tampa Bay Ray legend. But way, it's not even the same. It means something more than even being a Cincinnati Red legend or a you know a San Francisco Giant legend or a Boston Red Sox legend. That you have to, in order to be put into that inner circle, you need to pass within these gates, stand on this field and be measured against the DiMaggio's, to be measured against the Mantles and everyone like that. I get it. That's why someone like Rivera and Jeter, when they stick the landing, that they'll, there's a sense of sensation amongst fans of, we witnessed one of them. We saw someone who was part of the gods. And that is one of the eternal frustrations of Don Mattingly's career. Because when he came up, he looked like he was going to be one of them. And so there's an excitement of, am I witnessing a god? Am I witnessing a god? And perhaps they feel that that is a, for the lack of a better term, an honor that you shouldn't be able to buy yourself into. I think that's BS. There are plenty of people who are hallowed Yankees who didn't begin their career as a Yankee, didn't finish their career as a Yankee, were picked up along the way. How about Babe Ruth, for that matter? Reggie Jackson, for that matter. I mentioned Paul O'Neill, who is in at that same level as, of course, the, the DiMaggio's and all of them, but as a beloved Yankee for all time, has spent a gigantic chunk with the Cincinnati Reds. But in a weird way, I'm recording this because I wanted to get my initial reaction. I've never been to a game here. I've never, I, I don't know what it's like to be at, a, at the ballpark here. I've just seen it on TV. It looks half empty with all the overly expensive seats that they have there. And it doesn't quite have the sensation, at least on TV, that I had watching in the, the older Yankee Stadium, the, the, the rebuilt Yankee Stadium from the 70s, which is the one that I went to all the time. But I kind of get it. I kind of have a little more sympathy for the coldness of it. I have a little more sympathy for the oppressiveness of it. And in a way of the symbolism of the basically the, the haves and the have-nots that are within there. This is not just a ballpark. This is not just, hey, we built a little something here and I think that you can go in there have a cute and cuddly feeling in the stadium. The Yankees are, in a way, a very sentimental team, are a very emotional team, are a very touchy-feely team, because they play on that constantly. That's their brand. But their brand is also, are you worthy to be part of this? You know, there's a real sense of, 
you know, entitlement that comes with the fans who, who, you know, you can't have a sentence with them without bringing up all the championships. But by doing that, they're keeping the past alive at all times. Are you worthy to be included in that group? Now, you can be a hero in the postseason. And it's like, you know, it's funny. They have the levels of the stadium that you have to kind of work at and some are more expensive than others and everything but I wonder what the levels of Yankee greatness are there's the inner circle and I think that those are the ones that they build monuments for when they die and I guess that would be Ruth, Gehrig, DiMaggio, Mantle Barra Jeter belongs there Um, Rivera belongs there does Whitey Ford Hmm. I think if you have to ask, I think if you have to ask, the answer is no. I, I put Whitey Ford in there. But then there's the next ring, which is the, the you know the great Yankees, and that's the Lefty Gomez's and the Bill Dickies of the world. Then there are the Yankee, the, then there are the beloved Yankees. That would be the Roy Whites and the Don Manningleys and the Paul O'Neills of the world. And then there's the never have to buy a drink in this town again, which is the players who, you know, had the moments of of glory, which may not be great players, but, you know, that's your Don Larson's, that's your Jim Lairitz's of the world. And then you have A-Rod is somewhere in there. Well, while I've been talking, I'm now at the corner of 161st and Rupert Plaza. I'm looking back, and I'm, they can see the stadium is there. They were playing the pinstripe ball. What the hell is that? The football game being played here. That's weird. They have the pictures of Jeter. They have the picture of the championship, which I believe is the championship from 1999. But when you walk across the park, we're here in Macomb Dams Park. This is the place which is, I'm feeling a little more emotional than looking at the cold stadium, which is cold for a reason. And this is the site of Yankee Stadium, which is now... A looks like a little league field. They have the they have the part of the facade still exists here. Part of the the grounds still exists here. The bat that we used to all meet at is still here. Looks like the foul pole is still here. You know, I was at Game Six of the ALCS between the Red Sox and the Yankees. That was the bloody sock game. That was the game that A-Rod slapped the ball out of Arroyo's hand. And I'm right now, there's a playground here, little swing sets and uh, little jungle gyms here. And this is right around where I was sitting. Right now, where I was standing, I'm standing, I'm leaning up against one of the monkey bars here, and these kids will play here, and this is where I was sitting. The place was going bananas. The place was rocking. And I'm looking out now on this playground at an empty little league field, and this feels surreal. Because... I'm getting a weird sensation. I'm going to bring up an old classic book. But this kind of feels like the man in the iron mask. 
that all the history and the glory and the do you belong in the inner sanctum is across the street. And here in this empty park, where just a chain link fence is separating me from this field, this is where, where I'm standing, is where the Aaron Boone homer landed. Where Scott Brocious's homer landed in the 2001 World Series. You know, pick, a, pick a moment in baseball history that's legendary that took place at Yankee Stadium. I was at Brooklyn the other day. The Dodgers won the World Series, but the final game was here. This is where Don Larson threw his perfect game. On this field, not the one across the street. The man in the Iron Mask was about uh, a, a king... It, you know, there's a, a false king and a real king, and the false king is, is, is kind of hidden in, a, in an iron mask and tucked away. Well, that's what this feels like right here. Every one of those great World Series moments, the Gianfrido catch and Joe DiMaggio kicking the dirt, and Babe Ruth hitting his home runs, <laughs> and Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson stood. I'm not walking towards home plate. He stood there. And he looked out to there where that facade is. And they were chanting, Reggie, Reggie. Here, at this empty space, not across the way. Chambliss trying to make his way around home and can't do it in the 76 playoffs. Bobby Mercer getting the walk-off hit on the same day that they buried Thurman Munson. Was here. It's where Lou Gehrig stood and said, today I consider myself to be the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Is here. And it feels strange that it's across the street is the monument. It's across the street is where they have to earn their keep. I understand why, to a degree. Yankee Stadium was still a great stadium. I really don't see the need for them to having to build a new stadium. What, were they going to threaten to move? <laughs> you know? <laughs> were they threatening to, to, what, move to Tampa Bay or something like that if they didn't get a new ballpark? You know, for years and years, the, th the thought process was they had to build a new ballpark because they could no longer draw at, uh, in the Bronx. But alas, they're here. And they started drawing like crazy. So a bunch of teens just walked past me and just saw this is the park. Heritage Field. Now, I for one am glad that it exists as a park. I for one that it isn't quite like what they have at Shea Stadium where it's in the parking lot and you can park your Mazda and walk right over the home plate. I like that there will be kids who will be playing baseball here and kids will play their little league games or whatever will be played here and that this area, that spot there which was where Yogi crouched and ran up and jumped on Don Larson, that portion of third base which is where Greg Nettles made all those great plays, will still be used to have baseball. I'm glad of that. I'm glad that there's enough reverence and enough understanding 
of this field. I just look at it and says, hmm, yeah, this looks like a field. That's where the greatness is across the way. And I'm sitting there going like, is it? Is it really? So, look it. We could have had the Yankees play in the Meadowlands. We could have had the Yankees play down where I was saying near, uh, what's it called? Near the Jacob Javits Center. And we don't, and I, may we all feel blessed about that. But it's interesting. I didn't know what was going to happen when I came here to record this. I knew I was going to come here today. I knew I was going to try to capture my emotions. I understand the stadium now. But it doesn't mean that it has my reverence. It has my understanding. My reverence is right here at Heritage Park. Why? Because this is where it took place. And this is coming from a Red Sox fan, no less. So go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. You know, one of the things, I know I'm wrapping this up, but one of the reasons why I used to love going to Yankee Stadium is my mom grew up a Yankee fan. And I always felt a connection to my mom at Yankee Stadium because this was her team. So I'm now looking at the park that my mom used to go to, not the big stadium. So go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Feeling conflicted emotions about Heritage Park and the new Yankee Stadium. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.